And like I said before, Jeff gave his logger the the the, the Sun Valley logger or whatever. <laughs> Fuck, dude, I am all over the place. Whoa. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go. To Asinine Radio, episode 162 of the podcast. This week, we're doing one of the most influential hip-hop albums of all time. We are doing the Wu-Tang Clan album. Wait, what's it called again? Enter the, 36 <laughs> Enter the Wu-Tang. Chambers. 36 Chambers. But before we do that, we have our songs of the week. Or no, we have our Fearless Beer Review, our songs of the week, the album of the week. And then we're going to round out the show with some new music and other happenings in the music world. So stay tuned for that. If you'd like to skip around, there are timestamps in the description below. And go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go leave us a comment on iTunes because that really matters. And the ratings really matter. So give us five stars or just email us, asinineradio at gmail.com. Social media, at asinineradio. So let's just jump right into it. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, what do you got? I wasn't like that ready to jump into it, but... You gotta open up your lunchbox. Open my lunchbox. Get my beer out. Uh, I got a local boy today from Red House Brewing. Okay. Uh, this is Valley Beer. It's a crisp and classic American lager. Ooh, a lager. You got a loggy today. I haven't had it. Well, this is one of the ones that Mike recommended that I buy for him. Mm. So whatever I buy for him, I double up and also buy for myself. Since double I'm up. already out there. Double up. Uh, uh. So yeah, this is uh, that's what this is, I guess. Okay. There's not much info on it. There's not even a barcode. It's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty lowbrow affair over there. Yeah, clearly. Oh, okay. Well, mine, mine's a little. My brewery is a, is a little bit more popular. Uh, it's not local to me, um, but it might be local to somebody out there. It's uh, based in Newport, or I mean in Oregon, Newport, Oregon. Uh, and I got. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, did you go to Rogue Brewery? No. Because that's where my beer is from. Mm. And I have what is called Bat Squatch. It's a, uh, it's a hazy IPA because I'm a haze bro. Haze bro. It says that it's dedicated to the legend. It is 6.7 ABV and 54 IBUs. And then SRM or SHM is 12. What does that mean? Do you know? Mm, no, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know either. I don't know. But yeah, I got a little 12 ouncer here. 12 ounce can. And, um, yeah, should I, there's a little description. Should I go for it? Do it. Okay. Dare, risk, dream. For years, rumors have circled that deep in the woods on Mount St. Helens lives the fabled Batsquatch. While there are (laughs) many fairy fairy tales of Batsquatch, they are all but hazy on the details, which makes the truth such a juicy mystery. So what better way to honor the legend than with a hazy, juicy IPA? Perfect for camping and potentially making a new friend. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And it says that it pairs well with white cheddar, grilled salmon, and strawberry shortcake. Cheddar. So three very different foods that I don't want to eat together. 
Mine's 4.6%. You got a, you got a lagger. Yeah. Does that makes sense. So that's cool. What do you got, do you got for your backy? Uh, just some B2Ls. Some B2Ls? Okay. Yeah, I got yeah. some. I got I got some buddies, and I also got some grapefruit sculpting. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what what I'll go with at, at the end. Oh, probably a buddy. Oh, yeah. These grapefruit sculpins aren't as good as I remember them. I remember I them not being they were on good. Sale. No, they were good. But I don't. I don't maybe think my they were. my palate has been more refined. Mm, I definitely times. don't think that's the case. That's definitely the case, actually. It's like regressing oh, in your in your fine tastes. <laughs> Hey, shut up. You ready to open this? Yeah. Both got candies. Splashed on me. Oh, splashed a little bit on my hand. I licked it and it tastes like a natty ice. That's so gross. <laughs> That's nasty. Did you ever finish drinking those? Um, You bought like some sort of natural light, didn't you? Did I? Maybe like two months ago. I'm sure we finished them then. Yeah. The only sure, beers I mean. that we've never finished that are sitting in a box waiting for someone to come and take them with them are those Smirnoff <laughs> ice things. No, not Smirnoff ice. The Seagram's. Oh. Like wine yeah. cooler things. Remember I drank one? It was like super sugary. Yeah, that's disgusting. Those are the only things that we've never just like powered through and drank. <laughs> Too gross. I, Hey, man, I believe you. I believe you on that one. I tried and failed. You tried your best. We all try sometimes. All right, you ready for this? You got yours poured? Uh, I don't have a glass. Oh, I just God, you never have a glass. You never. Do I drink from right. the can, baby. You never do things right on this pod. That's how you gotta do it. No. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's hmm. good. Hmm. You like yours? Yeah. That. Ooh. That's nice. That does have like. That's nice. It, it, that's nice. <laughs> That's nice. If you could say there is a good thing, a good taste about like a like a normal lager, that's what mm-hmm. this has, but like none of that nasty skunk. It's got a little bit of the good skunk, but none of the bad skunk. Oh, I love skunk. It's crisp, it's clean. I think Mike might have another Valley beer. You should uh you should try one. It's pretty damn good. Valley beer? I thought it was Renhouse. Yeah, Renhouse Brewing. The name of the beer oh, is Oh, Valley but the beer is the Valley. Oh. Yeah. You listened earlier. You didn't listen earlier. That's fine, though. I but yeah, clearly this is, didn't. This is damn good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy it, man. You finally enjoy something in life. Yeah, it's good to know. I've, yeah, I've I'm been glad g- you finally I've, got I've been there. giving out a lot of high high album ratings late, as of late. Actually, album? Well, we're not talking about albums. We're talking about actually, years, actually. Well, I this. So, I'm gonna go with mine real quick. This is not a very good hazy. It's not what I was expecting. It's kind of malty. And it's more IPA than like a citrusy taste. I was expecting more citrus. I mean, it's not bad, but it's just not what I wanted. Need more haze. Need more haze, less malt. That's really malty, actually. More haze, less malt. More haze, less malt. More haze, less malt. So, what are you going to rate yours? 2.4. That's pretty high. It's pretty high for you. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty high considering high. it's it's just like a basic lager. Mm-hmm. There's nothing fancy about it, but I gave it so high because they 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 didn't go fancy with it. They didn't try and do all these silly things. It's just it's just basic bitches, and it's good. It's just beer being beer. Beer being the best beer. way it's know the best way it knows how. That's all it can do. 
That's all I can do. Well, I'm going to give my beer a... Perfect three. Uh, no, I'm going to give it just a two. Just a two. I mean, I drink it again. I mean, I have to drink it again. I have five more cans of it. So I kind of have to. But maybe if I'm in like in a different mood, like it's at night and it's a little bit cooler out, I might enjoy, I might enjoy it a little bit more. But right now, I'm going to give it a two. If I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> but I mean, the label is really cool. The Bat Squatch, there's a, a drawing of the, 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 uh, of the, of the Bat Squatch. The bat squatch, but yeah, two. I'm gonna give it a two. Tight, I will drink tight, it again. Tight, 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 and tight. it's good. It's good. Cool, but it's not the best. But good. Is, are you sure it's not the best though? I thought I heard you say it was the best. Well, I mean, no, it's not. Okay, I just thought I heard you say it was the best. That's fine. Though. It's not a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. But listen, next time, don't be like me. Listen. What did you not now, listen to? No, you're you. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just move on. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. I guess I can go okay. first actually, since yours kind of blends in with the the rest album of, it. of the week. Okay. All right. Well, we're done with our fearless beer review. Jeff gave his a two point four. I gave mine a two, a solid two. Out of three. Uh, now we, out of three, because it if you don't be know, noted. our point system is three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer. You're going to continue drinking. One is a bad beer, but it's good to try once. And zero is hot garbage. And like I said before, Jeff gave his lager, the 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 Sun Valley lager or whatever. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I am all over the place. Whoa. He gave his a 2.4, and I gave my Bat Squatch a 2. Mm. Now, moving on to our songs of the week. I guess Jeff wants to go first because he volunteered. Well, I just thought I could go first just because, I mean, if you don't want, if you want to go first, no, you, you can go, go first. first. You want me to go first, no, I'll go first. Go what first. do you want to do? You can go first. You tell me you what you want to do and I will do it. I want you to go first. Okay, well, then you can go first. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My pick this week, uh, I was on like a, like a like an indie music kick for a little bit the past like mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Some indie rock, and I went with Modest Mouse and their song "The View" off of um, I think it's like their third or fourth album. Good news for people who love bad news. The same album with never... Float On. Mm. Yeah, I never got into this band. I never really cared for him. I don't know so where my, I got into ticket. it, but at some point, I I think it was Joe Baca, an old an old an old chum, gave me all <laughs> of their because he was pretty into like that indie scene back in the day. Yeah, but um, I think I got it from him and listened to him, and they got a lot of really good stuff. Do they? I've and always thought about trying to get songs. into them, but I mean, this song wasn't bad. His vocals are the weakest part, but I like the music a lot. But anyway, right. here's uh, here's the song "The View" by the Modest Mouse.
pretty fill blaze virgin pretend. That was good. Burning, burning down, burning down. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them. I just, I, I just, they're not really for me, I guess. I know I why like you don't dun, like them. Dun, 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 dun. It's just very like staccato and. I know exactly I know. why you don't like them. Why? It's because they're, they're popular. They were popular. They were widely yeah, popular at one is. point. There it is. I'm just saying. Float On is a better song than that. No, you're crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you're a That's silly boy. I only speak the truth. You only speak silly boy talk. That's because <laughs> you're a silly boy. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew you were a silly boy, but now I know you're a silly boy. You're crazy. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, that was Modest Moused. Modest. Fuck, dude. What is wrong with me today? Don't know. Don't wow. know. I mean, I've been up since, like, six, but I'm Don't not tired. Know. I can't even speak. Was it weird now that you're on like a completely different schedule than you used to be? Oh yeah, I hate it because I like being up like in the middle of the night, and yeah. now I'm like going to bed at like eleven, Woo. eleven or midnight at the latest, and it's fucking weird. You should get more into Mata's mouse though. Going throwing it back here. Um, I you know I have thought about just listening to their entire discography. I mean, I probably will sometime, someday. Um, but, well, clearly you, know. you have nothing to do because you're listening to a stupid fucking podcast <laughs> where the guy says that he has a stupid fucking podcast. I'm actually really behind on my podcast. I got to catch up. I'm, I'm, I'm behind, but modest mouse. Yeah. They're, uh, they're cool. Just not really my thing. Kind of like Radiohead. Radiohead's good. Not my thing. Tool. They're good. Not really my thing. So, Tool's nobody's yeah, thing. People force themselves to pretend they like Tool. <laughs> Nobody's thing. I don't even you could say the thing. same thing about Radiohead. No, I agree. Let the hate mail fly in. Let the hate mail. I can fly hear in. it no, right like now. Two of like the most like devoted fan bases and like modern music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, do we hate? Do we not like their music because of the fan base, or is it the music? For sure, Tool. It's seventy thirty the music to fan base. With Radiohead, I like. Some of their music, not like a lot of it, but the music I like, I think is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I think, is kind of just eh, whatever's. But the Radiohead fan base isn't like a, as obnoxious as Tools. They're just very snobby. Very, very snobby. As if Radiohead was like Mozart or something. I like I like telling people that I like Tom York's uh, Eraser album better than all of Radiohead. That's just silly. That's a great album, but that's just silly. I, I honestly think it is. I know I you like Kid A. better than Radiohead. Kid A is good, but I think the Eraser is better. Good. It's not just good. It's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's so great. good. God, dude, but so the Eraser is better. I just said it. But I like when people get really mad at me about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I also <laughs> like when people get really mad when I say I don't like Tool. Like, you just don't understand music. You, If you understood music, you would understand it. You, you don't know you anything like about anything. Tool's the greatest <laughs> band that's ever lived in the world. It's like, fuck you, dude. I know more than you. That's why I don't <laughs> like him. But anyway, let's get into my, my song of the week, and then we can get into our album of the week. Because that's song what we do the on the week. pod. Uh, I went with, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm going to try my best. It's Hiro the Hero. It's either Hiro the Hero or Hero the Hero. Um, but do you have any guesses on it? Now that you, I was saying Hiro, but now that we're talking about it, Hero the Hero is probably 
the way it's it probably is. it right because it's spelled h-y-r-o yeah but he is a texas-based rapper uh his he put out his first album and i think it was 2012 and the song i chose is called sleeping giants uh i'll play it real quick and then i'll just we'll talk about it real quick so here it is sleeping giants by i guess hero the hero Hero the Hero and his song Sleeping Giants. They're pretty cool, right? Or he's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, not like in a negative way, I just didn't think that what this dude looked like was this. I for sure expected like some weird looking Zach De La Roca wannabe. <laughs> no, not at all. It's pretty great. Like, wow. And then I thought it was kind of like a joke at first. Like it was just a guy in the studio by himself. And then looking at who he's worked with and things like that and like the stages he's played on and how popular he is, I was like really surprised. Pretty cool, right? I mean, did you see who, uh, like this fir- his first record, who he worked with on the first record? I don't know if it was on this record, but he wor- he has worked with Wu-Tang. Oh, he has really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Or at least played with Wu-Tang. Okay. Maybe I mean, I can, with, I can with them. see that. But this first record that he put out, I think it was 2012 when it came out, He worked, uh, the guy who produced it uh, and I think mixed it too was Ross Robinson, who we've talked about extensively. Ross right. Robinson found him. He found Hero the Hero, made this record, and then the people playing on the album, the bass player is Paul from uh, oh, At the Drive-In. Right. And then the guitar, one of the guitar players is the guitarist from the Blood Brothers. So that's kind of like a cool little thing. And I remember when, because I used to follow, I've been following Ross Robinson on social media for years and years. And I remember he was posting video of them practicing in his living room. And I was like, wait, is that Paul from At The Drive-In? And I like looked more into it. I saw people's comments and people were like freaking out because this is like right before At The Drive-In got back together. And so he hadn't really done anything. And so I, it was really cool seeing that, seeing that like Ross saw the potential in this dude and got like really cool musicians to play on the record. 
it's rad. It's, it's definitely cool. It's um, like I said, I didn't just everything surrounding it was not what I expected. Yeah, but it's damn fine. But I it think his his second record was more hip hop, but the first record was very rock based. But both are good. Okay. Well, I think he has like four records, but I don't know. But I've only listened to the first two. Cool. Kill, kill, cool. kill, cool, kill, man. Well, yeah, you got was, anything else it. to say? That was tight. That was tight. He's tight. 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 Um, wild man. No, that's uh, that's it. Is that it? We can get into this uh, Wu Tang slash Kung Fu extravaganza. Oh, all right. Now we can get into our, to our album of the week, and this week we're doing the Wu Tang Clan album. Wu Tang. <laughs> Enter the Wu Tang. <laughs> Thirty six chambers. <laughs> Tiger style. Tiger style. Yo. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. There's no place to hide as I step inside the room. Dr. Joel, prepare for the boom. Bam. Oh, man. Ah, slam. Damn. Scream like Tarzan. I'll be tossing and forcing. My style is awesome. I'm causing more family food than Richard Dawson. And the survey said you're dead. Baby flying guillotine chops off your fucking head. Mister, who is that? Hey yo, the who is back? Making niggas go bro, bro. Like on Super Jack. Me fear no one. Oh no, here comes the Wu Tang Shogun. Kill her to the eardrum. Put the needle to the groove. I get screwed and I'm forced to fuck it up. My staff carries like a pickup truck. Cross the clear blue yonder. See the town to see. I slam tracks like quarterback sacks from LT. Now I try and test the rebel lioness. Bless sister Burke. I earn slam your best. Cause I bake the cake. Wu-Tang Clan formed in 1992 in Staten Island, New York by RZA, Giza, Old Dirty Bastard, Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, You God, and Master Killer. They currently have seven albums, one EP, nine compilations, and have sold many, many millions around the world. That we're doing today, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, is the group's debut album, and it features the founding lineup, like I mentioned above. 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 Uh, it was released <laughs> October 9th, 1993, <laughs> and has sold well over 3 million copies worldwide. Oh, man. Dude, All right, let's get, the, let's get the giggies out. Oh, fuck, man. That was, uh, yeah, that, that song was... Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Fuck with. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so th- that that's Wu-Tang. 
like uh like Jeff was saying earlier, but I probably I'll, I'll probably cut it out. Jeff said that we're not going to use the N word, but the N word is used a lot on this record. So what are we going to use instead of it? Ninja. I've always just said ninja. Ninja. There you go. So just in case anyone is wondering, I feel like people could probably could have just picked it up as soon as we said like the second track of the album and just said well, ninja. People but are that's stupid. Fine. No, I mean our listener nah, isn't stupid. People are stupid. I don't know what that that reference is. That's the doors, but that's fine. No, yeah, doors suck. Yeah. Now, do we have any? uh, Just because it probably doesn't make. (laughs) We have any bangers? Do we have any stinkers? Are we doing like initial thoughts? Are we just getting right into like the banger stinkers? Okay, let's do initial thoughts. Or bang the stinks. (laughs) My initial thoughts was I never got into Wu Tang. I've always known who they were. I've always known the song Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, and I love. I've always enjoyed it. I never liked Wu Tang until this week. Like I've never actually listened to anything other than three or four songs by Wu Tang until this week. And solely yeah. on the basis of, I had a friend when I was younger, like eighth or ninth grade, that I thought he was such a fucking doofus and he was so dumb. But he always wore this like Wu Tang sweatshirt of this album cover on it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he 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 liked the dumbest fucking music. He like he liked corn, and he likes like what else do you like? like <laughs> everything like that. He liked all this stupid fucking music. I was about to ask you, was this me? No, it wasn't but. you. But he liked all the same like <laughs> bullshit music, and <laughs> but like his band, like his favorite group was was Wu Tang. I thought he was so dumb. I was like, you know, Wu Tang cannot be good if this fucking guy likes all these other stupid artists and musicians. Did you fuck with him? No, dude, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. I'm telling you. There you go. So there for years, go. decades, I, I held this like subconscious grudge in my head against Wu Tang because of this dumb kid. Until this week, man. Wow. And then after listening to this album like seven, eight, nine times, dude, they're like, where have I That's been? A lot of times. The fuck have I been? Like, what was? Did I you thinking? listen to the rest of their discography? No, I only listened to the one after this one too. I think it's called like Enter the Woo or something. I think that was the one after this one was like the last one with ODB or maybe not. No, ODB is what it was on all of them. All of them. Yeah. ODB was on all of them. Okay. I've only listened to the first two then. Okay. Mostly okay. this one just because we were doing it this week and I tried to, I tried to take some decent notes. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack on this album. More, way more than I originally thought prior to this week. Yeah, me too, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I thought like one week would be enough, but just because there are nine dudes in this band, mm-hmm. it's definitely difficult because each one of them also has their own unique style and more more or less a successful solo career. Mm-hmm. So it was it was hard to kind of um, break it down in a week, but we'll we'll try our best here. But yeah, like yeah, I said, we'll do our best. We're new to this. We're newbies. Never got into Wu-Tang until this week. And fuck, man, this album is a banger. Absolute banger of an album. Phenomenal. All right. Hey, I'm with you, man. I, That's it. I, I was never into Wu-Tang. I, I mean, everybody always saw the logo throughout the years. We always knew somebody who liked Wu-Tang. Like, my, my thing with, like, when I worked at Tower Records, is there was this one guy I worked with named Sean. Really awesome guy. Totally rad. He loved kung fu movies. He was a black belt, and he loved Wu-Tang. Like, Wu-Tang was his, like, favorite group or band of all time. But he also loved rock music. Like, he was a total, like, punker guy, too. So, and it was weird how, like, a punker kind of guy could be that into hip-hop. 
and Kung Fu at the same time, but I never knew the relationship between Wu-Tang Clan and Kung Fu movies until really this week, honestly. But yeah, this this was a huge surprise for me. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely go back to it after this week too. It was it was a good listen, and I'm gonna check out more from the other, from some of the solo stuff as well as the other Wu Tang records. Let's also definitely kind of go over the fact that we're probably gonna talk a lot about Kung Fu too because we did watch a bunch of Kung Fu movies this week, just in the yes. spirit of the Wu Tang. I watched four Kung Fu movies this week. Not to brag, but you, I did. Well, you watched 36 Chambers of right of the Shaolin and then the two subsequent sequels and then the five Deadly Venoms. Yeah, correct. Okay. That's what I watched this week. But That's then come good. to find out, after doing some research on this yesterday, like more extensive research on the album, they were, they were also very influenced by a movie called Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang. Yeah. And I wish I knew that because I would have tried to watch it this week but, I didn't but it's know. not on I wi- it's not on the streaming sites i probably would have rented it on amazon prime or something oh dang I just because that's because that's just how like into kung fu i am right now i i can't get enough of it like especially old kung fu from like the 70s and 80s and it's like the best stuff it's good right. it's phenomenal stuff it's really really good the fighting is great and i don't know anyway well we'll get more into kung fu movies as they relate to the songs and more specifically with the group. But um, do we, okay, so we already have our initial thoughts set down. What do we have for bangers? What do we have for stinkers? What do you got? So there are no stinkers on this album. There's only a couple songs here where I think may be like a little bit boring, I guess, possibly, not really. But my absolute favorite song on this album is Shame on a Ninja. Okay. Fucking banger, banger of a song. And it's weird too because I just watched something or I was doing something, and what what like spawned this kind of uh, Wu Tang week or whatever it was was I heard this song. I was like, dude, this song's fucking good. And then I shazammed it real quick, of course. Yeah. And it came up as Wu Tang. I was like, what the fuck? Like these guys make other good music. That what the hell? So then I looked up a little bit, and then I started looking into uh, RZA. That's like the the leader of the group. Yeah. And then I see, I've, I've seen like what he did. And then I was like, holy shit. Like RZA did the whole like soundtracks to the Kill Bill series. It's crazy. Like, that's like insane to me. I was like, what the fuck? Maybe these guys do know their shit. And then that's what it's fine. Like let's do Wu-Tang. But yeah, yeah that's, I, that's my favorite I, song. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until the, uh, I didn't know the Kill Bill connection until this week either. And I was shocked. But I mean, it makes perfect sense in the context of it all. And that Quinn would do that. Um, yeah, let's play. Uh, I'll play a little bit of a uh, Shame on a Ninja. Here it is by Wu Tang Clan. Shout! Uh, 
your rizzer, your razor, hit me with the major, the damage, my clan understand it, be flavor, gunning, coming, coming at ya, first I'm gonna get ya, once I got ya, I got ya, you could never capture the method man stature, for rhyming, for rapture, got niggas resigning, now master, my staff, never, I put the fucking buck in the wild kid, I'm terror, razor sharp, I sever, the head from the shoulders, I'm better, they're my competitor, you mean competitor, whatever, let's get together. Shame on the nigga who tried to run game on the nigga, who buck wild with the so thick, I'm fat, and yo, Ray came blowing and blew off your headphones, black, rap from yo, Cali to Texas, smoother than Alexis, now it's my turn to practice, brothers approaching half step, but ain't heard half of it yet, and I bet you're not a fucking vet, so when you see me on the real, forming like Voltron, remember I got deep like a baby seal. Game on the nigga who tried to run game on the nigga, who fuck wild with the trigger, game on the nigga who tried to run game on the nigga, I'll fuck your ass up. That's it. Dude, that's so good. So it's a, it's good. a rad song. No, it's <laughs> so it's really very very good. Like like ODB or Old Dirty Bastard is as we'll probably call him because it's easier. ODB dude is so weird. He's so bizarre. He is, but I don't know if he's like one of my favorites on the record. You know, I like I I like his his kind of like appeal and his the way he presents himself in the in the group. Even though he's kind of kind of a piece of shit outside of the group. But yeah, he's an uh, old dirty bastard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's kind of a shithead. But uh, but in the context of the album, like I don't know, he he just doesn't his style just doesn't really. He's my kind of like my one of my least favorite rappers on the record. I would I would agree. Not bad, not bad. Just my there are like so many other high points when it comes to the rapping on this. Like so, this song I think has a lot of a lot of things that I thought were cool to Wu Tang, and what they do a lot. So you hear like a lot of different rappers just come right in, right after the other, right after the other, mm-hmm. and that kind of flow is very difficult. Like even in like musical sense, just to have like multiple singers. Like when do they come in? What do they do? And that's like more credit to the to the RZA for being yeah. such a phenomenal producer and being just like a great leader in general. But ODB for sure has like this weird style to him, kind of like Snoop does, like a unique style. But ODB is just like a dirty style, and it's gross. And I don't, yeah, like, he has a, I don't like it that much either. But I love how it's just like another facet of this diamond that is the Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. Because like Raekwon says in this, they formed like Voltron. You know, they all had their individual pieces, and they formed up and became this fucking unstoppable beast. Yeah, but I think the only reason for that was because there were so many different characters within the group that it, it's almost like like how how pop bands are curated or how they were in the '90s, where every person in, in a pop in a bubblegum pop band like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, they all kind of had their own identity. So people were a, were able to at least have a favorite in the group and appeal to one person, and everybody in Wu Tang have this different appeal. So somebody can always relate to somebody in the group. And then after that, everybody can kind of do their do their own research and kind of find out what this other band member does within the group. Or it kind of makes it kind of makes this like kind of makes it like this interactive feel when listening to Wu Tang. That's kind of how I felt listening to it this week. I will like, say you, though, it's fun. It's kind of fun to figure out who's rapping and like, I don't know. It, it's weird. I mean, as far as like trying to figure out who's rapping, for half of the members, it's like immediate. You immediately know. So like yeah. Method, ODB. Uh, 
Jizza, all these people, you know who they are. Some of them I I had to look up and be like, okay, okay, that's what he actually sounds like. But then mm. once you get used to like their style and their kind of their pacing, then mm-hmm. you can kind of understand it. But it's definitely kind of a challenge at first. But if we do have any hip hop heads as listeners, they're gonna be pissed that you just compared the Wu Tang Clan to boy bands. But it's kind of true. You have these characters. They're characters. debatable because you can take Wu Tang, but Wu Tang is also a business, and it they they're open, very open about it being a business with the Wu Tang affiliates and all that kind of stuff. It's a business. And so they have characters like even like right before, like there was something I was reading about old dirty bastards, uh, death. And like, it was said like eight hours before, I think he was talking to either Giza or he was talking to method man. And he said something like very profound. And I don't remember the the exact quote, but he said something very profound, like several hours before he OD'd. And that person, that that whoever he was talking to said like, he was a very different person outside of his character in Wu-Tang. Like, what you see in Wu-Tang was not who he really was. And, like, they're all characters. These are all, like, made up. That's why they all have, they all have diff- like, pseudonyms. They all have different names. And it's, it's kind of the same idea. And see, people where, latch on to that. That's where I'm going to differ just because all of these guys had a life before Wu-Tang. It wasn't – it was yeah. a life. Yeah. When they got into Wu-Tang, they formed, like you said, these pseudonyms of themselves – but that's who they became. Like all these guys stopped doing crime, stopped doing this horrible shit they well, used to not do really. with their kids. Well, yeah, really, dude. Like most not, of them, not not ODB. He was he was the only one, and it cost him his life. He was the yeah. only one that that didn't stop doing it. But everybody yeah. else stopped and be and became their persona. That became who they were. Even like still they're to money this day at that point. It's not it was, about the money. It's it was, about it's oh bullshit! It was life. profitable. It was oh profitable. Well, yeah, okay. What? At first, okay. At first, at first, at first, it was. No, wasn't. This was at first, it was a change of life. No, no, no. I know, but I'm saying at first it was. Yeah, at first it was a change in lifestyle. But within the few years of them, you know, of this first record and their second record, they saw that it was profitable and they treated it as a cycle, as a system. Like re- they, they treated Wu-Tang Clan the same way a record label treats an artist. So they would release an album as Wu-Tang and then a, a bunch of the guys in the group would come out with solo records. They, everybody would promote their solo record and then after two years, two and a half years, they would come back and do a Wu-Tang album and then start that cycle over. It was very much the same way that record labels run they ran back in the '90s and early 2000s. But that still doesn't negate the fact that these are these people. Like Raekwon is Raekwon. He's not fucking whatever his real name is. He's, he's not. Uh, yeah, he's I not know. Corey Woods, as his real name would be. Yeah. You know the RZA isn't Robert Fitzgerald Diggs. Like he's the RZA. That's who he is. That's who these people are. That's who. That's they who became. they. That's who they portray themselves in the media. Yeah. No, you don't know them no, in real life. Dude. Well, you don't either. So you can't make these false accusations. Well, I think, that you, I think you don't know. About. It's not even an accusation. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. An accusation implies that it's a bad thing. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. An accusation accusing is just accusing somebody accusation. of something that you don't know anything about. I, I, okay, but the word the word accuse or accusation has a negative connotation. Because you're giving it one. So, no, I'm not giving it one. I'm just saying these are characters that they developed and then developed more over the years. But how do you know that these are who know. they are? And, and, I don't know. And Robert Fitzgerald But I think Diggs. it's safe then to why assume. Why would you say it? But uh, but it's safe to assume that why? they can't live what? this life because you can't live this th- these personas in this life twenty four hours a day. I mean, some people can, but for the most part, it's just not going to happen. You you go back to a normal life with your family What's and all that kind of stuff. Mean? 
If you know what I'm talking about. Banging and, and, and selling rocks? Is that, was that what a normal <laughs> life is? No, I'm not saying that's a normal life. But for somebody who is not in the lower lower economic status, you know, somebody who's middle to, to you know, essentially rich, you know, it, being with family and doing stuff, all that, doing all that kind of stuff, that doesn't apply to the characters that they portray in the media. And also, they and also their 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 characters are more about the music rather than their lifestyle. That's also false. There's two no, people it's we not know false. a lot because about. Because look at look at RZA. Look there at RZA. There are two people we know RZA, a lot about: RZA and Method Man. Those are the yeah, two RZA, most RZA famous of the group. Okay, RZA, so RZA lives that lifestyle. He is still RZA from the day one that he helped form. But Wu-Tang. RZA, but but why is RZA so as popular as he is? It's because he's an amazing producer and he knows how to fucking bring out the best in people in this genre of music he's so fucking good at it That's one of the best is. one of the best and method man besides being a great lyricist and a great rapper the only other thing he's really known for is being a stoner which i think in itself is an act you know i mean that's why he was starting that movie how high with red man you know it it's acting it's it's part of the character You're that's crazy. what it is was, that's what, what it are is you talking about that's what it is. Being a stoner is an action, not a, not an identity. But in this context, Method Man's it is identity an identity. Is a funny but in this context, he's always been a funny in this man. Context, and on this album, you hear him as a funny man, and still to this day, and you also see it in the Limp Biscuit song. You also see it in the Limp Biscuit song and together now. Yeah, I know, I understand that. That's but, an identity. Smoking weed is an act. It's not an identity. But being a stoner is an identity. What does being a stoner mean? Come on, Jeff. What do you mean, come on, don't, Jeff? Don't don't act stupid. Don't be dumb. You think Jimmy Page smoked weed all the time? Okay, so so you think Jimmy Page I guess, I guess, I guess one way people? one way we can kind of make the the comparison is like Method Man and Red Man comparing them to Cheech Red and Man's Chomp. Red Man's not part of Wu Tang, so don't even talk about Red Man. But I'm talking about like that whole identity because they were they Method Man's co-starred in a movie with Red Man. That's that's my He's reference. Done a lot point. of things with Red Man. I know, but that's my reference point right now. So my, so that this is going nowhere. It to Cheech, what you said in to the beginning Chung. So it's just it's these people are fake in Wu Tang. No, and they go I'm not home saying they're normal fake. Lives. I think some of them do, if not most of them. Yeah, I honestly think that. But then you you didn't give me what their normal I really life do. would entail, except go home to their family. That's because I don't said, know. Which is what because I don't fucking know. Does. Oh my god. So you're but telling live me a more, Tyler Anson but, but at also, Bay Alarm but, okay. is not the real Tyler Anson at Bay Alarm? You go home to your family. Now that's the real you. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying like going back. Okay, so th- so what they're they're portraying is like you know is a very different lifestyle than what I, I think feel you like they're actually. I can't hear you. You can't. You really can't hear me. You can't hear me. Or you left the group chat. Oh, now I can hear you. You can hear me now. Tyler left the group chat. What? <laughs> oh, you, you're such. A, you really. Whoa, kicked what me was out that the group noise? Chat? Did like, you really kick me out of the group chat? No, that's what. Whenever someone gets mad, they leave the group chat. Oh, you're stupid. What was that beeping noise? Did you beep something? I didn't beep anything. But anyway, let's move on to some other stuff on this album because this is going nowhere. This is going in circles. And none of well, us are going to well, change each make, other's mind. When you make no sense, of course it goes in circles. <laughs> if you had a valid point, I'd mm. listen to it, but you didn't. Mm. So that's why it's going in circles. But we'll continue. What is your favorite, what is your love favorite track Devil's on this Advocate. album? Uh, probably Cream. I like Cream a lot. No, you know? Cream is, is a fantastic song, and it's actually kind of cool because... Like I never knew that the transplant song was basically a cover of this song. I know I didn't know that till this week either. 
And then when I heard the Cream song and it was like Cash Rules Everything Around Me, I was like, what the fuck? I know this song. Like, why do I know this? I was like, oh. oh because, because Skinhead Rob says drugs rule everything around me. Because he's his dream. And I was like, what the hell? And then you look <laughs> more into Cream and like how many artists have, have kind of sampled or covered or taken part of that into their own music. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. many people. Yep. So I'm going to play a little bit of it because here it is. Oh, that made no sense. Cream. Clan. Look out for the cops, though. Cash fruit. Word up. Two for fives over here, baby. Word up. Two for fives. Them niggas got garbage down the way. Word up. Cash fruit. Everything around me. Cream. Get- yeah. Check this old fly shit out. Word up. Cash fruit. Everything around joint. me. Cream. Get the here money. Here we go. Dollar, Check dollar, this bill, shit. Yo. Yo. I grew up on the crime side. The New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. At second hand. Mom's bounced on old man, so then we moved to Shallon Land. A young dude, you're rocking the go-to, low goose. Only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son, rolling with this one and that one, pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking moves at 16, and running up in gates and doing hits for high stakes, making my way off high stakes. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made Cream or Cash Rules Everything Around Me by Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's it's great. I, I like the lyrics too. The lyrics are their lyrics are pretty deep for the most part, you know? Considering like how they, they kinda they're really about the kung fu and everything. Yeah, that's so that's cool. So Cream, Cash Rules Everything Around Me. That's, I mean that's not like a profound statement, but maybe at this time I guess they were the only ones kind of doing that popularizing that kind of theory yeah but also you know the the message in, in the lyrics was about more about like you know no matter if you're you're rich or you're homeless out on the streets cash is still you know or money is is important to everybody as bad as that sounds like it matters to everybody it matters to everybody no yeah. matter how small or how much yeah because these guys grew up in a bad part of Staten Island. And I think they even reference on this album several times how Staten Island at the time was like the forgotten borough of, or the forgotten area of New York. I'm not entirely sure on all the terminology of New, of how like New York works, but is it, would Staten Island be considered a borough or is a borough within a part of New York? If that makes sense. No, I think the bur- there's just five boroughs in New York and Staten Island's one okay. of them. I think it's like the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten okay. Island, and then Queens. That's what I that's what I thought, but then when I was reading, it kind of sounded like there were boroughs within boroughs, which there might be, like the section housing, the section eight housing, and all that kind of stuff. But it's pretty crazy to think too that of those five boroughs, I mean, New York City's like it's not that big of a city; it's pretty small. 
Yeah. And to think that there's millions of people and crammed in all these little areas is... It's kind of insane. It's ridiculous. New York yeah. sucks. I That's why I have no desire to ever go. Never been. Just, just really don't care about going. Never been, never will. Well, it's not that I never will. I just... Just there's so many other cool places to be, man. This is one of those things that we're so brainwashed into thinking that New York is this place to be, and it's like this wonderland, a dream world, and it's fucking dirty. It's just a bunch of buildings, and there's no grass. And you go to Central Park, and even Central Park sucks. All the trees look like shit, and homeless everywhere, and assholes everywhere. Fuck New York. I mean, that that's kind of another reason why I have no desire to ever go there is because people say the same thing about L.A. and Hollywood. You know, it's like the, it's the place to be. It's beautiful. The weather's great, which sometimes it is, yeah. But other than that, it's fucking hot as hell. The pollution's awful. The people here suck. It's just shitty. So it's like I've already been deceived once. Why do I want to be deceived again? It's true. And you've actually been to New York, so you can actually attest to that. Twice. Two times too many. Yep. So, what you got? Any other bangers on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, dude, I, I don't. I'm trying to think of like what isn't a banger. So, just like going from the top <laughs> here, bring to ruckus. I think that's an absolute mm-hmm. banger. Shame on a ninja. Like I said, is an absolute banger. Clan in the front is a banger. Wu Tang Seventh Chamber. I don't think that's a banger for me. Okay. But I think it's extremely important for this album. Yes. Um. Can it all be so simple? I think it's another one that's not necessarily a banger, but I do like it. It's good. And then my other, like my second favorite song is "The Mystery of Chess Boxing." That's my that's my second favorite as well. "The Mystery oh. of Chess Boxing." Oh, "Cream" was your favorite. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, th- this one is like almost to number one. Like the, it's like head to head. You don't know who's gonna win until the very end. Ooh. Yeah, it's. It's good. It's a ding dong, as some might say. But yeah, uh, what I like about this too is because there's a couple guys on this that are really not featured on the rest of the record, which I think is really cool. And they have a unique style that's wildly different from the rest of the guys. And uh, they should have been utilized boxing? more. Yeah, on chess boxing. Yeah. Not only that, but this is like, I think, the only song to have co production credit, and that's to ODB. Because everything else is RZA. But right. this There's is the only, only one to to co-produce to have a co a co-production credit. I think there's another one also that's like co-produced. But then I was reading something else that was saying that even though it says it was co-produced, like it wasn't really co-produced. It was more like RZA trying to teach other members how to produce. Okay. Well, so the so the other one that was co-produced was um, Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, and that's with uh, Method Man. Mm. So that was the only other co-production credit on this record but uh but yeah the mystery of chess boxing that one uh that one feature this is the only song to feature rapper you got you got so from what i read the reason why he was i mean he's always been a part of the group and he has he still is but the reason why he was had very little input on this record is because he was in jail the whole for like almost the entire recording so he couldn't really do it, so. Um, but yeah, th- it's he he does the first verse on this re- on this song, and I mean it's it's different. It's definitely different from the rest of the guys, which is pretty cool. It's more like kind of like a th- there's a term for it, but I forgot what it was. Mm. But it's a good one. Should I play it? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. 
the mystery of chess boxing. It's like a sword fight. You must think first before you move. Whatever that you get the gist of that song. I accidentally hit hit a different song, but mm, yeah, mm, that's uh, mm. that is uh, the mystery of chess boxing. Chess boxing. Chess boxing by Wu Tang Clan. I like that song a lot, and not only does it feature you, God, the only time on this record, but it also features a uh, Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck. Um, and Raekwon. I mean, it's just it has a lot of the members of the band of the group who aren't featured on other tracks, really. So I, I like that. You know, it was a nice, refreshing little break from hearing Method Man and Giza and RZA most most of the time. I got I got really excited listening to this album, listening to some parts of the various MCs and their and their their rhymes, and then realizing it's from other things. And this one, ODB says uh, Jacques Cousteau could never get this low, and that was from a Jedi Mind Trick song that I fucking think is really really good. Yeah, and so like, did they take it mind. from Jedi Mind Tricks or no? Jedi Mind Tricks took it from them. Oh, okay, and so that was that was just something that was like I was like, holy shit, dude! Like everybody fucking likes Wu Tang except for me. Like, where the fuck have I been? <laughs> and it bothered me. You finally got there. You finally yeah, got I did it. Better late than never, right? Yeah, I guess so. But, Some might say so. But like so earlier, but like, but like, but like lime. So earlier we were saying how how RZA kind of puts. The rappers and super—I mean, I'm assuming he puts them in certain sequences to set up other rappers before and after. And I thought this was a perfect example because at the end of ODB's kind of set, and then it bleeds into Ghostface, dude. Mm-hmm. He comes in so fucking hard, and for once, like ODB kind of just trails off and slows down, and he's not fucking weird at the end of his, which I think perfectly yeah. sets up Ghostface coming in super hard and just kicking you in your ball sacks. <laughs> 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 and then the whole like Shaolin temple twang music, like the, whatever the hell that harp sound is throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I love like that. It's such a, because we've been watching so many Kung Fu movies, it's, it's such a normal sound that you hear, 
but it's mm. never backed by this hardcore hip hop beat. And it was so yeah. weird. And see, you know what what I love about hip hop of this time, of like the early nineties, not not gangster rap really, but really this or like East Coast rap and then rap of the eighties is that or hip hop of the eighties, is that they took drum beats from like the fifties and sixties and then just like turned the bass up and made the snare really crack, but only used that drum track. So they use like these classic, like almost like sometimes jazz drum clips and then they just rapped over them and put like a rad bass line behind it and then just like sampled just a tiny part of some song from like the 60s just like music hip-hop of hip-hop of this time is so fucking cool like the way they were able to just take from other things and just make it their own is amazing especially these guys because they didn't have like the best recording equipment they didn't have a shit ton of money and supposedly protect your neck was recorded for like 300 bucks and they paid them in yeah. like change and shit. So like they didn't have this this high production standard. There was no Feldman involved. It was just them <laughs> and RZA kind of just saying like, I like doing this. I enjoy doing this. I'm gonna learn as we go, and just absolutely not only killed it, but is arguably like one of the best hip hop albums of all time. Yeah, and also like when it comes to the recording, like you were you briefly mentioned. The reason why this this album sounds so gritty and kind of raw and kind of you could hear like distortion and just like background noise is simply the fact that RZA's recording equipment was just cheap. It wasn't high quality stuff, and he recorded it at a cheap studio in Staten Island. I, I think actually I don't know if it was Staten Island. It might have been somewhere else in New York, but but regardless, every all the equipment he used was like very very cheap equipment. But that that rawness and that cheapness made the made the group i mean it it created that entire genre if it wasn't for the the cheapness of this record this genre probably wouldn't have existed the way it does it did in you know the following year it's true people pay it's, people it's pay crazy. good money to get this sound i know right <laughs> That's, that it, it's so stupid unbelievable. just use shitty equipment good money just to be good to get this sound it's just like be be good producers be good songwriters get good just use shitty equipment you know it's just like it just it goes to show like you don't have to have the best equipment, just be able to write a good song or arrange a good song. That's all you need to do. I think that also kind of blends into their whole kind of kung fu vibe or their 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 con. This could be a, I would consider this a concept album, yeah, right, kind of. Yeah, I'd say so. So that kind of also blends into their kung fu concept because kung fu movies are very lo-fi. They're very silly, and they're always kind of centered around a poor person, kind of coming to terms with himself and his community and becoming something greater, which is essentially what Wu-Tang are doing on this album. Just a bunch of poor dudes that are coming together as a team and doing something greater. Exactly. And I, I just, I think lyrically you're right. Lyrically you're absolutely right. And then production wise too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, like everything about this group, just the way they present themselves is just so spot on and everything makes sense. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing that could be taken out of context or out of place, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There's, just, there's, there's like, so much to talk about here. And so, like, going back to to uh, Ghostface, he got his name, supposedly, from an old kung fu movie called Mystery of Chess Boxing, which I had never heard of that kung yeah, fu movie. Yeah, but now I want to watch it. So, yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it sometime this week. And it's cool how they all kind of have, like, some type of relation to each other, like... 
Ghostface was a roommate of RZA like back in the day before they formed. Yeah. And then RZA and Jiza and ODB are cousins. Mm-hmm. And then who was it? Raekwon and somebody else were like BFFs prior to this. Yeah, but they all grew up in the same area. They're all the same age. They all grew up in the same in Staten Island. So it's like they all they all saw and they were all a part of the same thing. So they all can relate to one another and you get that same vibe. It's you see the same thing with bands. Like for really like any great band over time, if they were all from the same area, they're gonna they're able to to vibe and gel well with one another right. and create sometimes create something great. You know. Yeah. And this is one perfect example of that. Mystery Chef Oxen. That's a good one. Yeah, so let's um I I guess like my one of my other solid ones. I really like the song Method Man. Yeah. I thought it's good. I, like I've always thought Method Man was funny. I like Method Man and Red Man. I've always thought mm-hmm. they were funny. I've always enjoyed their movies and, and things Method Man has done. But mm-hmm. this song was um it showed how great of a rapper he is and a lyricist, but he still kept that like funny tone. Yeah, he did. He has he has kind of like a satirical way of of writing lyrics and the and it's kind of his sense of humor is kind of dry a little bit, but it's not like over the top dry to where like only certain people get it. He's very accessible in a way, in a weird way if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I mean he fucking just like pounds the shit out of there's so many pop culture references in this song. It's just like ridiculous. Yeah. But the, but see with the pop culture references that can kind of date a song. But in this sense, it I don't think it does. No. Like, if you go back and listen to, like, Eminem's The Real Slim Shady, where everything is, like, a pop culture reference. Like, the whole, like, Christina Aguilera thing. Yeah, that. like, that stuff is just so dated. Like, anybody who was born 15 years ago is not going to understand right. it. You know, it it's just, it's very outdated. But this song doesn't doesn't feel that way. But should I play it? Yeah. All right. You don't have to pull my arm. Here it is. Uh, the song's called Method Man by Wu-Tang Clan. I'll fucking, I'll fucking tie you to a fucking bedpost with your ass cheeks spread out and shit, right? Put a hanger on a fucking stove and let that shit sit there for like a half hour. Take it off and stick it in your ass slow like. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking... <laughs> Yeah, I fucking lay your nuts on a fucking dresser. Just your nuts laying on a fucking dresser and bang them shits with a spike fucking bat. I'll fucking, I'll fucking pull your fucking tongue out your fucking mouth and stab the shit with a rusty screwdriver. Fucking, I fucking hang you by your fucking dick off the fucking 12-story building out this motherfucker. I fucking, I fucking sew your asshole clothes and keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. From the slums of Shaolin, Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. The RZA, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, inspector deck, make corn the chef. You guard, ghost face killer, and the method. M-E-T-H-O-D, man. M-E-T-H-O-D, man. M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Hey, you, get off my cloud. You don't know me and you don't know my staff. Who be getting down when they come to a damn? Here I am, here I am. The method man, patty cake, patty cake, hey, the method man. No need to skip, be jip or beat the pan. Peanut butter, cause I'm not butter. In fact, I snap back like a rubber band. 
Method Man, that's it. So that, like that part that he just faded out from, I feel he he uh, he he covers or samples with his vocals, uh, come together by the Beatles, the the verse part in the Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, it sounds just like it. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Which I hope is true because that would just make Method Man like even fucking cooler if like he samples like the Beatles when the whole time they're mm-hmm. sampling like old R and B artists or soul artists. And then he just like throws in some Beatles in there. That'd be pretty. Yeah, I mean, if that's actually true, that'd be really actually rad. But dude, this song, the dude, the intro is so fucking funny. It is right, and I, I like reading more about this specific song. That intro makes it that much better. Um, did you read about this song at all? I only read that like the rumor was that they had like this rap battle, and whoever won would get their own song. Hmm. So I, and I I believe it and don't believe it at the same time because, I mean, even though this is his song because it's called, you know, Method Man, fucking yeah. that other song on this, Clan in the Front, that that's all Jizza and nobody else. He's mm-hmm. the only one that raps on that. So I don't know if that's like a thing where he won the f- – maybe he just – I don't know. I don't know. Like this is, It's just called Method Man, but that's like the only – I think that was just like a rumor. I don't know if that's true or not. See, I don't – I think it's true because I mean I I've read I read other accounts to where Riza when he was putting the songs together he would he would let a person sing on a verse after they had a rap battle with somebody else in the group and whoever won that battle was able to rap on that verse. Right. So I I believe it to where he set up this like competition to where whoever beat everybody in one giant battle almost like a tournament like this adds to the whole kung fu like mystique of this album. Like you have this giant tournament to sing one to rap on one song for yourself, and Method Man won that battle. So I mean, to me, that that adds to everything. But Clan in the Front so only has one rapper on it, though. I know. So I mean, but look at it like maybe you can kind of look at it in a uh, like kind of like in like a uh, fuck. What am I trying to say? In a uh, but Clan in the Front's not like named Jizza. I mean, Method Man. The song Method Man yeah. is named Method Man. Yeah, but also Jizza, he also rapped on um, him and Method Man were the main rappers on almost everything. Yeah, and maybe like Ghostface Killer and ODB, but it was mainly Method Man and Jizza. But Method Man, in my, I mean, just from it just makes sense. If RZA was already doing that with the verses, who's to say that he wouldn't do it for an entire song? So that, that's just my thing on it, and I think it's a it's a it's a cool idea because it it what that does it makes the best of the best of each of those rappers come out you know right like it shows who's the best who wants to sing on this verse like because i'm sure he would play them the beat or play them the song what he had going and then they would think oh shit i want to rap over that and then he would have them battle and then whoever won that would 
rap. So I think that that's a good like production technique. I, I mean, to, I I to an actual I see. Song. I can I see it. I, I, I mean, it's it. very Ross. It it, it kind of reminds me of Ross Robinson and how he kind of like he fucks with people. Does and weird he shit. He makes things that he does weird shit. Like he does unconventional. It's a very unconventional way of making a song, and I absolutely one hundred percent respect that. It's also interesting too. I'm um, just on a separate side note, I guess. But Master Killa never, never rapped at all until he joined Wu Tang. That's so weird. So I didn't ne- know that part. Yeah, never, never rapped. He was like a dancer. He did like the like the b boy stuff, but he never rapped oh. until he joined Wu Tang, and that, that then they started. He fucking loved it. And well, maybe they got him it. into the group. Maybe they got him into the group to be more of a hype man. Because I mean, what are nine guys on a stage gonna do? Through most of the songs, yeah, I know, like, right? I'm gonna hype people up, you yeah. know. <laughs> so they, he was probably. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, but it it's like every hip hop artist. Master Killer also got his name from the Master Killer, or commonly known as the Thirty Six Chambers. Ooh, the movie. yeah. There's so many. Did you read like the whole theory on the numbers? Like Wu Tang's always was, been like the, the like the backronym. The Wu Tang actually would stand for something now, and I love that kind of lore. Like, there's so many different things that people think Wu Tang stand for, or that 36. If you take various things in in mathematics or movies or just culture <laughs> and add them together and subtract them here, then you get 36, or you get nine for the nine members. There's so much stuff, and it's it's, it's so all weird. crazy. I love it. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's fantastic, but. It's a lot of it's like it's in the same vein of like a conspiracy theory. Like people just look for things just to see if they can find something, even if it's not there. I, I love it. I'm sure like throughout so the cool. years, these guys have perpetuated those theories too. Like, oh, hey, absolutely. Does it they, mean this? Like, oh, I don't know. It might. It might. And then they like, play on it because they time. didn't think of it originally. Yeah. I think it's just a direct thing from the movie, The 36 Chambers. I think so too because they've. I mean, they were, they've been very open about their fondness for kung fu movies, and they're clearly very knowledgeable because, I mean, yeah. most people who aren't into that genre of movie, which is a very like kind of niche thing, most people aren't going to understand the references, and there are a lot of references, not just to that, to the, those, those three movies, but just kung fu movies in general at the time. I, th- I think it, it, it also makes sense because the movie 36 Chambers is essentially about a guy, spoilers, about a guy who wants to fight the bad guy, joins his temple. They teach him the 35 chambers to become the perfect warrior. And then he mm. creates his own 36 chamber to teach other people how to be warriors. Yeah. And that's exactly what Wu Tang did. And he was he was essentially banished for it. Well, it was like a soft ban. They, they only yeah. banished him so he could open he up the 36 chamber. Yeah. That's what Wu Tang is essentially doing. They're creating their own genre of hip hop. They're creating their own kind of unique way in in mainstream music and that's that's like a direct reference to 36 chambers i think that's really cool yeah i i think it's awesome what they did on this record all the references are just everything meshes so well together it's fantastic but speaking of the uh those movies that that trilogy you were only able to watch the first one right the one that this is based off of yeah i mean i was able to watch all of them i just didn't you just didn't do it i don't want to lie you know, I'm I just like better I've, than you. I've, but I've seen fine. I've seen 36 Chambers like uh, multiple times before, and then I rewatched it again this week along with another this uh, Five Deadly Venoms, which yeah. only makes one real appearance in this in this album. But 
where where is it because after watching it i didn't really know where it fit in with this album it was just it was just in a song where they only cover or they only threw in the um like a like an actual clip from the movie oh okay okay got it so, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a, there wasn't like an entire song okay no. what song was it do you remember uh no but i can look it up real quick while you're uh, talking because well, i mean i just i just watched the entire movie this morning but that's fine oh but no that movie was actually really good the five deadly venoms it was a great movie it was it's very it was very different from the other kung fu movies i've been watching especially compared to the trilogy that i've watched for this uh the 36 chamber trilogy but uh it was it was fantastic the kung fu and it was amazing um, the story was really cool. It was different, but still captivating at the same time when it comes to Kung Fu movies, but it was good. The characters were rad, but yeah, I I thought it was good. I, I didn't think it was, it was going to be any kind of like top 10 Kung Fu movies of all time. I thought it was good. I think it falls more into like, um, just kind of a fan favorite. Well, see, I'm only I'm only making this comparison to the to the Chamber trilogy or the oh, 30s. Okay. What, I, I don't even know whatever. What, I don't know what to call the trilogy, because the trilogy you call the is Chamber so. Trilogy. This is a solid trilogy. That's a solid. Is name. it? Should I call it the 36 trilogy or the Chamber? Trilogy? Oh, do three six like three six Mafia three six trilogy. The three six trilogy. Okay, we'll we'll call it the three six trilogy. So, like those three movies are wildly different from one another, and the only two that really kind of are actual sequels or one. The third movie is the only true sequel to the first one. The second one was made more as like a comedy. And so it's just like, and the story is just like the story in those three movies are kind of the, almost like the same, but they're just so wildly different from the five deadly venoms that like watching the five deadly venoms at last, it kind of, it was kind of refreshing after kind of seeing generally the same story played three times with different types of Kung Fu. But, but yeah, I mean, when you watch the second one, the the second of the three six trilogy, you'll you'll kind of be for me at least. I was kind of annoyed by the by the comedy because the it's the same same actor who plays the lead role, but he plays a completely different lead, and you're like, dude, this is kind of annoying because he was so cool in the first one, and then at the very end, you're like, dude, this is like the fight scene at the end was like one of my favorite fight scenes in all three movies. At the end of the, the third one? one, but it, at the end, no, at the end of the second one. Mm. The fight scene was my favorite, but it was my least favorite movie. But the final, the final scene, it was my favorite. The final fight scene was my favorite. Okay. But the first one was still my favorite movie of the three, and then the third and the second. But yeah, like I said, my favorite fight scene was the, at the end of the second. It was cool. It was different. It, like it was, it was a type of style. Like the, what he was using as a weapon was so weird and unconventional that I, I just, I loved it so much. He used and how and how he and how he came up with that style was so weird. Because he but made up anyway. a weapon in the first one, that three-piece staff that he couldn't get a ha- the hang of, and then eventually did. And that's what tricked the the teacher, right? Because the teacher couldn't couldn't you know couldn't counter it. Watch for his block moves. It. Yeah, he couldn't counter it. Yeah, but in the second one, he he goes to the to the temple, but in a very different way. He goes to the temple. Into the same temple. It's the same temple, but it's in a in a very different context, and he goes for very different reasons. And when he goes, he goes for like I'm not gonna I don't want to throw too many spoilers, but he goes and doesn't learn anything. (laughs) And then the final fight scene, and the final fight scene, dude, it's like you're like oh fuck, but I'm not gonna spoil anything else. Like it's a great trilogy. You just gotta go watch it. It's all on Netflix. 
All three movies are on Netflix. But it was such a fun watch this week. I loved it. And I'm so into Kung Fu right now. I've, I'm just pretty much going to be watching him a different movie every night for the last for the next several weeks. Per, there's a lot of kung fu on Netflix. Too. I know, right? And I and I love 70s and 80s kung fu. And it's all like different too. It. It's not just like old kung fu where you haven't really heard of the people. There's yeah. Bruce Lee on there. There's Jackie Chan. Jet Li's on there. Yeah, because I, I mean I've seen the first Ip Man, and I'll probably watch the I'll probably rewatch the first Ip Man, and then I'll watch the the other two as well this week and then i want to go back to kill bill because the the main character in 36 chamber in that trilogy is the old man the old man or the teacher who teaches uma thurman in kill bill in those movies and i think that's a cool that's a really cool how quentin tarantino did that he's also in the brought first him in to too. do that is he in the, wait the first one what the first kill bill but as the same character right no He's a who is he playing? He, he's a leaser of the crazy eighty eights. Oh, is he really? Like the main guy, like the main crazy no eighty eight. And I think he even uses his three piece staff in that scene, that crazy scene where he finally fights oh him with Thurman. Oh my god! It's nuts, dude, I right? gotta. Dude, this is why I gotta watch. I haven't watched Kill Bill in probably eight or nine years. So I gotta now that I've seen these. And I've watched what I've watched. I gotta go back and watch Kill Bill and see all because like just remembering from. what remembering kill bill as i know it right now like i've already seen certain references but i'm sure going back now it's just i'm going to see everything it's like watching austin powers after watching all the james bond movies and how almost every single thing in austin powers is directly related to a james bond film i've always wanted to do that too like go back and rewatch all the james bonds and then immediately go into austin powers dude it's crazy i've done it before and there's just like five times as many references as you even think there would be like you'll you'll be you'll be shocked at how <laughs> at how how much of like a rip off it is of James Bond. It's so but, awesome. But but done like in a good way. That's so right. Yeah. And, and so I'm excited to go back and watch Kill Bill after this. Yes, and also another I mean for, just cuz we're going back on like memory lane here but where the Wu-Tang Clan got their name from the Shaolin versus Wu-Tang mm-hmm. that also was directed and starred Gordon Liu, who was, as we're talking, the leader of the Crady 88s or the guy from 36 Crady. Crady 88s. Crady 88s. But, yeah. But, that's, yeah, see, that's that's crazy how this, all this shit's fucking related. It's yeah. awesome. You know, it's like, well, like, well, it's almost like what you were telling me earlier this week. Like, oh, you should watch that movie Fanboys. I think you'll like it. But the reason I've never wanted to watch it because it looks just like people just constantly referencing Star Wars. But some of the like, references are so deep and they're so see, quick and so subtle. Like there was a scene just like super going off on a tangent, but there's a scene when they're in their van trying to leave and their van won't start. So the guy, he like pushes the key in, starts, doesn't start, reaches up and with his bottom of his fist going upwards, smacks the roof of the van and it just turns on real mm-hmm. quick and they take off. Like Han yeah, would I do mean, to the Falcon, right? Exactly. But it was like that. not even two seconds long and it was so fast. And it's just there's so many little things like that. But there is kind of like a story to it. And it's it's a stupid movie, but there are so many subtle references that it just makes you feel good. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like if the movie's almost entirely based on references, it doesn't make it good. It's also like the Big Bang Theory. It's all just references that aren't funny. They're just references. You know, it's there's no there's no actual funny writing. It's just people making comments that hopefully somebody can kind of relate to because they like whatever star Wars or star Trek or fucking, I don't know, whatever. Oh, dude, it's, the, sa- it's the same thing. 
It's so good though. And like know. the whole thing with George, like you never George Lucas isn't even in it. You never see him. But every, all of his security guards are like, well, Mr. Lucas told me I should feel this way. And Mr. Lucas told me that I do <laughs> actually love this movie. And it's just like, it's so funny how like that's so true to people that would work with George Lucas. And he told people yeah. how to feel and what to think. I think another reason why I never watched that movie was because I don't like that. The one guy, the J, what's his J? Oh, fuck, what's the guy's name? Which one? The fat dude? No, this really skinny guy. Oh, the guy who's who's been the little like, scrawny guy. Yeah. Who's in all those movies? Why? Uh, he's just not funny. He's not funny at all. Like he's definitely like not what, what, supposed to be funny in this movie. So you might like it. Like the the one movie with uh, uh, what was the end of the world movie? The I think it was called End of the World. With Jonah Hill. With was Jonah Hill and, and like Seth Rogen, yeah. and James Franco. Yeah, like he was like the main character in that, and I hated mm. it. Like he kind of like almost ruined the movie for me. I I I don't like his characters. I don't I don't like his acting i don't think he's interesting he's not funny uh he's not my guy they did so good too they 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 run into so many encounters where they people are quizzing them on their star wars knowledge like, oh you're a real fan then what what do you think about this and they'll ask some questions and i don't know just like this movie is called fanboys because it's made for fanboys and there's nothing more and there's nothing less yeah but that doesn't make it good it's i didn't never say it was good it was fun yeah uh. We'll see. Maybe I'll. Maybe Some, I'll. Something get to can be it. awful maybe I'll get and to still it. be fun, right? Yeah. But if the but fuck it's only out of here. when when when, so, when something is awful, when something's awful and good, it's because it's not self-aware. When it's self-aware, that's when it's not funny. That's you, that's why. Why, I don't why like. do you try so hard? You th- try so hard. Just, just try so hard to what? Relax. I just know what I like. I just know what I like. You only like like two things. Oh shut up! Don't pull a Ryan. I'm I'm not even gonna say what two things you like, but you do know <laughs> that you only like like two things. What do I like? I'm just not say even gonna say. It. We're gonna move because you don't even know. You just don't even know. Also, I don't know if you mentioned, but but uh, Riza did the soundtrack to Kill Bills. We did. You did say okay. that. Okay, that that's up real fine. Quick. Anyway, let's get back to the album. <laughs> we I mean we can get more into Kung Fu. He was also acquitted of homicide, and that kind of gave him a second chance at life, and turned his life around, and became one of the greatest producers of all time. Oof. That's a bold claim, baby. Bold claim. Top 50 for sure. Eh, debatable. I, I, will, I will eat my words if you can name me 49 <laughs> other producers. <laughs> oh, I think you said top three, not top 50. Oh, no, top 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't name you more than probably five. But anyway, back to this album by Wu-Tang Clan. We got in because we obviously have no stinkers here. Neither of us. Should we play any other bangers? What do we got? Uh, what have we played so far? We played the Mystery of Chess Boxing, right? Mm-hmm. We played Wu Tang, ain't nothing to fuck with. Shame on a ninja. Pre-burp. Cream Method Man. Did we play Protect Your Neck? No, we didn't play play that song. Because that was like their first introduction to the world, basically. Was yeah, Protect it was their f- the first song they ever recorded. Prior to this album, there's two so parts about well this about this song that I love. Like if you can kind of like listen for it, one is uh, Raekwon rhymes something with Schwarzenegger, so that's always like what the fuck? Who does that? And then right after him, Method Man goes and instead of rhyming the word cough, like he says something and then there's cough, but he just coughs. <laughs> so it's so stupid, <laughs> so good. Let's listen for those two things. That's my favorite. 
Okay, so here it is. Protect Your Neck by Wu-Tang Clan. You know I had to call. You know why, right? Why? Because, yo, I never, ever called and asked you to play something, right? Yeah. You know what I want to hear, right? What you want to hear? I want to hear that Wu-Tang joint. Wu-Tang again? Uh, yeah, again and again. Protect Your Neck by oh. Wu-Tang Clan. It's a banger, man. That's a banger. It's a good deal. So Only 300 bucks to record that, huh? <laughs> Considering, bad. yeah, I mean, everything that's in, included in that song, yeah, 300 bucks isn't bad. Split between nine dudes? No way. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Split between nine people. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny, right? I, that, was, that was clever. Yeah. No, I, I think it was. Like you said, Method Man, is, he's really good. He he he's a good lyricist for sure. He definitely is. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the Wu Tang Seventh Chamber song. We we briefly touched upon it, uh, but it that song along with uh, the the mystery of chess boxing. Those are the only two songs on the record that feature almost every member of the band, if not every member of the band of the group. And I think that's really cool. Like, I wish they would have done that more, but then, like, maybe, like, half the record could have been, like, songs where all the members are on it, but then the other half of the record could have been, like, a few of the guys. Yeah, but I, it, I, I understand why it's not all like that. That's got to be so hard. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got to be hard, like, in the context of, like, making stuff flow and also because you kind of have to have to have a hook. But it's still so cool to hear all the guys on one song, you know, especially if it was like more interactive, like if they were singing like two verses and another guy would sing two verses and it would almost be like a rap battle Yeah, for like a, like, like it was like a rap battle within a verse. That would have been really cool. That's like how two I, guys like, battling each other for one verse. That would have been rad. That, that's how I felt about this album. 
was kind of like a live rap battle album. Like a lot of the parts on here sounded as if they were recorded live at some little fucking small venue where they're actually having a rap battle on stage and it's just made up on the spot. Yeah. But that's because of RZA and it's amazingness. And just the way it's recorded, that's what it comes down to. It's the way it was recorded and the cheap equipment that was used that made it sound very kind of DIY or very live. But that gives it that that charm and it's it it's so it's so great in that sense. It's not it's not polished. It's not as, you know, we we don't really like using the term here on the pod but overproduced. And from what I was reading a lot too, like that's what a lot of people loved about this record when it came out because you had a lot of the gangster rap, which a lot of it was done by Dr. Dre, who was very polished and he was very pop oriented and very pop centric. And then on the East Coast, you had, you know, the the P. Diddy stuff, which was very, very polished as well. But this is just like came out of straight from the underground. Yeah. And it's so fucking respectable and. The fact that that you don't ha- you don't need millions of dollars to record a record and make a great record, this just shows that RZA and the rest of the guys just are talented dudes, man. They they have something to say, and they can convey it in a very interesting way. A lot of respect for this group. They're all so record. different too. It's just I don't know. It's really cool. Really really fun stuff. Absolutely. Uh, another song I wanted to I wanted to mention real quick was uh, the song Tears, not Gypsy, Gypsy Tears? Tears, but Tears, the the Tears. <laughs> uh, I think lyrically it's probably one of the most emotional songs on the record. Yeah, and it's definitely. also the, one of the most like downbeat kind of not downbeat but like the most kind of stripped down song on the record. And I feel like musically it 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 makes the lyrics that much more effective, like kind of like depressing wise. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that, that 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 hook too, like the after laughter comes tears part, mm-hmm. and like the way they use it, I think it it's it's really powerful. It really, really is, powerful. and and to come toward the end of the record too, like literally, it's the second to last song, and just to to kind of end the record like that because the last song is just like a re a redone version of um, the seventh chamber, but yeah. Re- yeah, basically a remix. So, te- so, so, tears is pretty much the last song on the record, I should say, and I think it's a great closer, absolutely wonderful closer. Yeah, it's it's so, definitely solid, and but that's another one too. That's it's basically just like RZA and Ghostface, which I think is really cool because Ghostface is one of my more favorite rappers on this album, or I guess in Wu Tang, and to have like RZA end the album with, you know, obviously the mastermind RZA, and then. To be Ghostface is essentially the last rapper you hear on this album. It's pretty cool. It is, and you know what? What I what I thought really was really interesting too was that RZA doesn't really rap on a lot of the record, Not which really. I think is Most really does cool. Like intros and outros and choruses and shit. Yeah, like I I really like that. Like he doesn't treat it as like a solo project for the most part. Yeah, he, it's he lets he lets the other guys battle it out. Oh man, like just reading about this and how this record was made just is so cool like he's a shallow man man battle for it it's so fucking <laughs> cool but yeah tears is it's one of my favorites too so I, i'm just gonna play a little bit of it because god damn it it's a great song so here it is tears by woody clan what's up what's up 
Now, I played a little bit more of that song because you need both good ones. Yeah, you had to have both verses. They're they're both wildly different sounding. And, you know, honestly, I think RZA has probably like one of the worst flows out of all of the guys. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because his production is so good and his arrangements are so good. Um, but, yeah, it really shows, especially in this song, because Ghostface Killer is like such a he is such a solid flow and he has a way of presenting the lyrics just in such a effective way but yeah riz is riz is a weak a weak rapper from in my opinion but it's still good yeah. just in the, just in the context of it all it's good but just in the context yeah it's just it's subpar compared to everybody else like this song especially in ghostface part he reminds me a lot of of like slick rick and just a really great storyteller mm-hmm. just solid stuff and both of their stories are different but they end the same way and it was i mean i I think rizza had more emotion i guess it it was it was it kind of built up into like the climax of the death which he actually didn't even say he rhymed the word with death but didn't say like he the person actually died 
he talks about later how like why do we all have to die and things like that so i thought that was actually powerful too because he didn't actually say the word death or or die in that specific part i thought that was really cool yeah i agree with that and also with with rizza's parts his, his verse i feel like he's more like scattered and like he doesn't he's not like he's not as focused of a of a rapper as everyone else so i guess that kind of can add to the emotional emotional part of the lyrics but yeah like like flow wise i feel like he's the weakest part of the group but then everything else like i said is just so good that who gives a fuck yeah he's only on one he's only on one verse of this entire album which i think is cool too like he lets everybody shine and they kind of like at the very end of the album he just kind of throws in a verse for himself like nothing showy nothing flashy just kind of throws it in there and it's just like it's it's cool man it it is it's solid it's really, stuff really cool yeah he's he's a mastermind it's it's cool that ghostface has like the first verse in the album and the last verse on the album yeah like the is. opening bring the ruckus it goes right into ghostface that's pretty cool yeah absolutely he's one of my favorite rappers on in this group uh, really okay yeah i can see that he's yeah he's probably my second favorite method man i think method man is you just can't you can't fuck with that's what it comes down to. <laughs> you can't fuck with it. It's true. <laughs> and because I said that, did you listen to that that thing I posted earlier today on the notes? What thing? The the cover of the song that features Wu Tang, or at least part of Wu Tang. Mm, I don't think so. Okay, so this uh, I've for okay, so I've I heard this song years and years ago back when I was in high school, and it was a cover of the song uh, Wu Tang ain't nothing to fuck with, but it was. It was Tom Morello oh, yeah. and Chad Smith and Chad uh, Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. So I, I had heard that, you know, years and like almost 20, 15 years ago, I heard this song. And then not until today when I was or yesterday when I was doing research on this that I realized there's an entire like rock album that was made in 2000 of just like like popular rock bands at the time doing these hip hop songs with those hip hop artists. But in a rock in a rock in a rock setting. It's from that label, Loud. They're, they're, they're loud, loud Rock or Loud Sound or something like that? I, it was whatever label released this album that we're doing, the 36 Chambers. Yeah. And there were like some crazy, like like Sugar Ray did, did a song with this group called The Alcoholics. Wu-Tang did several songs on this compilation with some other rock bands. Uh, Incubus did a song on this. Like just all like those new metal bands of that time were on this compilation. But this one with Tom Morello and Chad Smith, this was actually the first time I ever heard anything Wu-Tang Clan. And this was like my sophomore year of high school. And I thought it was really cool, but then I never dove into anything Wu-Tang except for this song. So this is uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine and Chad Smith of Red Hot Chili Peppers with Wu-Tang Clan. Tiger style. Tiger style. Tiger style.
Wu-Tang Shogun, kill her to the end, drum, There's a an interesting cover, to say the least. Interesting, yes. <laughs> you didn't like it at all, though. No, I mean, it's, it, it does nothing for like the original. <laughs> yeah, in comparison, but it's still fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. There was also there was also. Did you listen to the System of a Down one by any chance? No, it's the only one I listened just, to. Oh, okay, the System of a Down one was the first one on this compilation, and it's actually really cool because. Surge like raps a little bit and it sounds really weird but kind of cool. And then the other, I don't remember what song it was. I don't think it was Nas, but it was somebody else. But yeah, it was a pretty interesting cover as well. Kill? Anyway, uh, yeah, that that's. I think that might be it for this. Unless you got anything else to say or you want to play another song. Let me just uh, check my notes. Check your notes. We could talk more about Kung Fu. Uh, we can talk about kung fu, for, kung fu for days. I'm gonna be watching a lot more kung fu this week. I'm 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 addicted right now. Whatever whatever movie you watch, I'll I'll match it that day. Okay. If I got nothing to I mean, do. We'll I'll get more do it at the same it, time. Yeah. All right. Usually, you know, during the week it'll be at night, but on the weekends it'll be like in the mornings. But yeah. Anyway, no, do we have anything else to say about this record? No, that's about it. I mean, just some other points here about some of the members jizza did a an album in 05 with dj mugs who we talked about a couple weeks ago with the cypress hill thing mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool um ghostface and method are both actors and have starred in movies rizza starred and like directed his own kind of kung fu ish type movie what did he do uh because i think i i feel like i've seen his name on movies but i don't know for what I think he's only done like himself one movie, but okay. I, th- I feel like it was co-produced by Eli Roth. Uh, let me okay. let me just so let me just fact check it real quick. Can so I then it's Quinn it's Quinn Tarantino related. Also, you know what we didn't even talk about? Hmm. Like fuck, man, why didn't we even talk about this? It was about the gu- the guy, the DJ, the the scratcher. His name is Fourth Disciple. Oh yeah, and he did all the scratching on this record, and he's like a. Almost like he's a very prominent figure, not only within Wu Tang and all those affiliates, but just kind of in hip hop in general. Like he's kind of an icon, and we didn't even talk about him. But yeah, Fourth Disciple, a great, great, great fucking DJ. Yeah. So all the scratch yeah. you heard on this record was was him, you know. Um. So yeah, definitely that that guy deserves a lot of respect. Yeah. So so Rizza. Um directed this movie called the man with the iron fists and oh was, i remember that movie it was yeah. produced I by eli roth and a bunch of other people but it started it had some pretty big names here lucy Liu, russell crowe 
David Bautista, and then RZA also starred in it and scored the music, the soundtrack. Dang, look at that. I've never seen this, but I would really, I'm really interested. I would really like to see this. Yeah. I actually, now with all of this, I'm, I really, really want to watch it because I have a lot of respect for RZA. Like, damn, man. And you know, like, solid, solid. Us watching all these old kung fu movies, you know, like, this movie is going to pay homage to a lot of the movies that we have just watched. Exactly. You know what's what's interesting? Like all this this kung fu stuff we've been into, like we haven't even touched the the Bruce Lee stuff, which I've seen a lot, a lot of, or all of it multiple times. And then we haven't touched any of the Jackie Chan stuff, which you and I have seen some of it. Uh, we haven't touched the Jet Li stuff. Um, uh, really, those are like the big three of like modern times. Really, the only or Bruce Lee's not modern, but I think the only reason why is because all three of those have such different styles. Yeah, and but Bruce Lee, I I don't think I've seen all of his movies. He has a lot of movies, but for sure, like all no, of he his really doesn't. Ones. He doesn't have a lot of movies. Well, he like, go back and he's only been in what like seven or eight movies or something like that. Like not. A I whole think lot. it's like four. I think he's been in four that he starred in. But he's been in a lot of movies. He's been, in, but they're like they're like you know stunt roles or they're like very minor roles. But so, like the the but stuff like that he started in, like the big movies, I've seen I've seen all of them. Yeah. And I think End of the Dragon, all of most of his ones are either on Amazon Prime, because that's where I watched all of his stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it's still on there, but no, and en- I know Enter the Dragon's not on there. Okay, yeah, but yeah, like they're all di- they're all different style. Are. Like Bruce Lee is a traditional kung fu style artist, whereas Jackie Chan kind of developed that drunken master type of thing, which is also mm-hmm. what he started. In. And then Jet Li's kind of got like a more like aggressive approach. Some people, from what I've heard over the years, like some people say that Jet Li is like one of the greatest of all time. No, dude, Jackie Chan would fuck all these guys up. No, people say because because Chan's a lot of people for sure the best. For, for, okay, I I don't know anything about martial arts or kung fu, but from what I've heard from people who do study it and like they they say that that Jackie Chan is good. Don't get me wrong, he's good, but he's very sloppy. His style is very very sloppy. But Jet Li is very precise, and he's like he's a he is a perfectionist. When it comes to to kung fu and martial arts, well, that was. But Jackie Chan's Jackie Chan's more fun. Like he's he's more of an entertainer. But Jet Li is a true martial artist. That's what that's what a lot of people say. All right, so like, that's I, the point of it. That that's the point of the drunken master style. Like the drunken well, yeah. style is, it's supposed to be unpredictable. It's like the drunken style is, is you know, you, it's a lot of wavering. It's a lot of back and forth. You're not just kind of standing there waiting for someone to strike or waiting to defend. It's an unpredictable style, and that's why it looks kind of sloppy. But it's not. It's 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 like a. But you're only it's like referring a music to, video. But that's what but he's you're like only referring known to. For. Two movies. I know, but you were only referring to two movies. I'm talking about people who take martial arts very seriously, and they, no, they no, understand no, 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 no. that Jackie Chan's an entertainer. No, 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 no. He's no, a martial no, artist, no, but he's also an entertain- entertainer. No, no, no. That's that, that's so far from the truth, my friend. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Just because the name Drunken Master is in two of his movies does not mean that's not a style that he has perfected, that he has done over the course of, I think he, the, his first movie was in like 1965. Like the dude's been in countless Yeah, no, he's movies, been around forever. Hundred yeah. movies. And it, it, but like it's only gotten better. And that's, that's like the big thing with Jackie Chan is he has these movies and he has this style and he keeps on doing it and doing it and doing it. And then even like nowadays when we see movies like rush hour, and that wasn't like, that was like 20 years ago too, but even <laughs> in rush hour, like it was still fun and it was still amazing to see him do these kind of stunts, but mm-hmm. also incorporate 
traditional martial arts and kung fu into it. Yeah. No, I know what you, I know exactly what you're saying, but I'm but I'm strictly saying from a traditional standpoint. This is all I've heard. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I don't well, know. I'm much telling about you. It. I've seen a lot. I've probably I'm not a lot. I've cuz in comparison <laughs> to his movies, I've seen probably 10 Jackie Chan movies. Spanning the course wanna, of 50 or 60 years. Do you want like a round of applause or you know? Well, I'm just telling back? you. you. What do you want? What you do you want? Keep here? saying woo from what I've heard, but I'm telling this is you what right I've heard now, from people. But I'm who... telling you right now that I've seen these <laughs> movies. But you I've still, seen them. But you I've say, seen them. But you still say, "Oh well, I've heard." You're like Sloan right now, like in, not getting through to Can't happen. I've seen a. But see, the thing is, I've seen, seen a lot of Jackie Chan movies like as well. Rush Hour and Rush Hour. You probably even seen Rush Hour three. You probably seen Rush Hour one and Rush Hour two. I've seen the first two. Maybe like that. 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 Western movie he did with Luke Wilson. Or oh, Owen the Wilson. Shanghai Noon yeah. and Shanghai Nights. Well, they're probably yeah. like the extent of. And then I've seen, I've seen both, I've seen both Drunken Masters. I've seen what was the the I don't think not seen the first Drunken not Masters. escape. I don't think you've only no, seen uh, the, what version. was the Bronx one? What was the Bronx one? I'm, I know uh, what that Bronx one is. Oh my God! What is you know what I'm talking about? But I've seen that. I think that was his first American movie. I think it was too. And then I've I've seen both Drunken Masters. I've seen some of his seen newer the stuff. First Drunken I, Master. I've seen both of them. Yes, I have. Um, I uh, right, I can guarantee right. you, I've seen both of them. I've rented both of them when I was like a kid. Oh, oh, that now you're for sure like Sloan. Oh my God! I was a Sloan always <laughs> said, oh, "I've seen it. What's it about?" No, well, but I I, I honestly I'm not a Sloan, but I've seen both of them. And then I I don't know. I've seen. I even saw like I remember like a year ago I watched one with uh I think it was called Skip Trace. It was with him and Johnny Knoxville. I think it was Johnny what? Knoxville. Yeah, it was made a couple of years ago, and that one was really bad. But there wasn't a lot of kung fu in it because he kind of retired from that. But I still watched it regardless. Anyway, mm. but yeah, what, I was told back to back to Wu Tang. Who can, I mean, I was you know, told what somebody told you. That's what Sloan always says. He, he always says like whenever he wants to to relay something that he's he read or or saw as fact, he just says, "I was told." Okay. I was told no that um, my dad can beat up your dad, so I was told that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's probably not true. Yeah, but I was told. Okay, cool. This is this is fun. But in this context, you were told. And something that we, but in this context, where neither of us know anything about martial arts. Well, I wouldn't say anything. I mean, come on. Or very little. Let's okay, just say very, very little. little. Very little. I wouldn't even say that's that. That's what I've been told. I mean, I wouldn't say very little, but okay, we know little, not very little, but we know little. I'm throwing yeah. you a bone here. Come on, yeah. yeah. Okay, back to Wu Tang and this album. Uh, Enter the Wu Tang, Thirty Six Chambers. What our final thoughts? Final thoughts, and then we'll we'll rate it. What do you got? Um, just to kind of reiterate everything we've said mm. into one condensed thought. Mm-hmm. I never liked Wu Tang, based on some stupid prior bias mm-hmm. and now that i got into wu-tang i think they're phenomenal i think each individual person is phenomenal and when they come together they form like voltron and become this unstoppable okay. beast and it's it it totally shows like how just how smart somebody can be in regards to producing but also just i guess living that style living that life and then doing it forever because that's they're still who they are today, for those that are alive. So yes, I I, I think uh, I think yeah I think this is I mean I don't I don't I haven't heard a lot of rap albums, 
but I this is probably like for sure like top five greatest rap albums of all time. Most definitely. Oof. It's a bold claim, baby. I mean, it's, it's a not, bold claim. It's not that bold because a lot of people do think this is, if not the greatest rap album of all time. That's bold, baby. So it's not unheard of, but um, it's not. But it's bold. I mean, you can type it in bold if you want, but I don't think it's that bold. But but it's bold. Given that, I'm gonna give this album a. What are you gonna give it? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I'm excited. I'm like in my what head. I'm, I'm the the wheels are turning as to why I shouldn't oh, give it a three. What are you three. gonna do? What are you gonna do? I'm like, well, I didn't like this, but oh, I did like that. So like, why shouldn't I give this a three? Because what are you gonna do? What I, are you I gonna do? There was nothing bad about it. I loved it. So I'm definitely. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this album a three. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, you're a wild boy. Wu Tang Clan. A true ain't wild boy. To fuck with wit. That's a good point. That's a good point. They're not. All right, final thoughts for me. Like you, didn't get into Wu-Tang until a few weeks ago, really, or two weeks ago. And um, I've thoroughly enjoyed what I've listened to, reading the backstory, reading everything, you know, how these people, how these guys were, you know, influenced and all that good stuff like we've talked about over the last hour, over an hour now. Um, Lyrically, I think it's very important. And, you know, they, they wrote from the heart. You know, and uh, that was that's something you don't really see in hip hop a lot, especially more recently. And they're highly, highly influential. And it's a great genre. So I'm going to have to give this this album. One point five. I'm going to have to give this one. (laughs) Are you scared? I I just know if it's not a three, I'm gonna be so mad because there's nothing <laughs> that we don't like about this. We there's nothing we can nitpick about it. Uh, you know, honestly, honestly, I'm gonna give this album a perfect three. Dang, look at that! This is your first Dude. perfect three hip hop <laughs> album. This is it. This is your first one. That well, we haven't done very many hip hop albums. We've probably done the like ones 10 that we to have 15. done. Dude, Jeff, no, we've done like maybe four. No, we've done common. We've done. We've done Common, we've done Jedi Mind Tricks, we've done... We did Jedi Mind Tricks? We did like their last record, their newest record. But that was like on a... Vi- that might be a lost episode, actually. Um, yeah, we, we've done a few... We've only maybe done four, maybe five tops. There's no way. But No way what? There's no way that's 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 true. That's got to be false. No, I'm pretty sure it's true. But anyway, yeah, perfect three. Perfect three for me. Perfect album. Dang, perfect three. Who would have thought? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. So now that we're done with our album of the week, we just did Wu-Tang Clan and their album, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chamber. And now we can move on to some new music and other happenings in the music world. The first thing we have here, we have some new album releases. The first, after a very, very long time, more specifically 13 years, Tool have put out their brand new album, Fear Inoculum, to the entire world. And I listened to it, and you know what? It sounds okay. exactly like Tool. It's, I mean, it's fucking Tool. There's Dude, nothing Tool more, nothing less. A, like actual shit. Like, <laughs> like they could have packaged literal shit. And all these Tool cucks are going to be like, oh my God, Tool, new Tool, 13 years. It's so good. Aww. It's just, it's, it's Tool. I mean,. I mean, you can. I mean, they're one of the most. To me, they're one of the most predictable bands in the world. 
Oh, like they're, they're so they're, I mean, deep. And... But I understand, like, you know, they're prog rock. They do things in weird time signatures. They kind of have weird things and weird percussion. But None their songs good. are... But their but their songs are like build ups. Like we talked about when we did the Lateralis album. Like their songs are just build up after build up with no climax. There's nothing there. There's, there's no nothing, relief. There's no there's nothing. It's just like constant like like Tom build up on the drums and it's just It goes nowhere. It's tool. It's it's what you would expect from tool. Smoke and mirrors. Not bad, just not to me, not great. But it is thirteen years in the making. Fear inoculum by tool. But the next thing we have here is by a band called The Bronx, who are really fucking rad. Very different style of music. They just put out Dead Tracks Volume 1, which is just essentially just a compilation of their just a bunch of B-sides and demos and shit like that. I haven't had a chance to listen to it because I just found out about it today. Uh, Lana Del Rey, very popular pop singer, put out a new song, new album called Norman Fucking Rockwell. And you know what? I listened to the, her like lead single on that, and it's actually not that bad. So Dude, I might I check like, out this. Who is record. this girl and why do I care? Everything she, I've heard, everything we've talked about on the pod is just so boring. Normally I'd agree with you, but I don't know. There's something about her new single or like one of her, one of her new singles that I just, I don't know. I like it. And then she ruined that Sublime song. No, I like that. I like no, that. No, it was cover. awful. It was garbage. Well, you don't like You're whisper garbage. singing, but but you don't like whisper singing. Anybody so can that, whisper, I think that's I what it is. Sing. What? Do it. Yeah. But ASMR, do, do you have to have the full ASMR there? Uh, speaking of uh, hip-hop records that we've done over the years, we did a Common album a couple years ago, and it, it was total shit. Uh, Common put out a new record called Let Love. I haven't listened to it. I have very little interest in listening to it, but it's good to mention because he's popular and people like his music. So he put out a new record, like I said, called Let Love. We some like new some songs. Of some of his stuff prior to the last record, yeah. And uh, some new songs that have been released this week. Simple Creatures. Uh, if you're unaware, Simple Creatures is the side project of Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 with the singer from um, All Time Low. They put out a new song called Thanks, I Hate It. And, you know, honestly, the song is not good. I kind of hate it as well. <sighs> But it's better than what they were putting out prior. I will say that. But I you know, still I, do not like it. The first time I listened to it, I said, you know, there's something about this that I, I don't hate, even though it says thanks, I hate it. <laughs> so I listened to it a couple more times, and the melody is there, man. There's a tune in there. It's it's very lost, but it's in there, and this is definitely the best song that they've done. It is. And the the beat itself is interesting, but it's not unique and interesting enough to really stand out you know like everything is almost there melody lyrics you know the beat is almost there they've it's almost reached that point to where it's good but th- they just fell short I and they fall I to their death like it though no you i mean you might i might like, put it on my you, blink playlist you like you like weird things i like you good know, things nothing but no. good things well that's sometimes it's true well, Sometimes. that's always true, but that wasn't a true statement because it's always true, but that's fine. So this next song is some is by a, a DJ who I've always liked a lot, and this is like one of the first, one of the few times that he's kind of disappointed me, and that is Skrillex. Put out a new song called Midnight Hour with Ty Dolla Sign and a few, a couple other dudes. Um, I just, I thought it was kind of lackluster when it comes well, to Skrillex. You don't, 
you don't want your Skrillex mixed in with like your new shitty hip hop just as much as you don't want your new shitty hip hop mixed in with your Skrillex. See, no, I don't. I don't mind the shitty hip hop mixed with it. I just, I think the beat here, and because normally he throws in something kind of like wonky and weird that that makes it makes the song stand out from everything else. But I feel like that song lacks that. Because lacks there's no that, Skrillex that, that being Skrillex in here. It doesn't have exactly. to be like crazy dubstep drops. But there's got to well, be something in there. Well, I mean, there's, yeah. there needs to be something in there that re- that you recognize as like, oh, that's distinctively Skrillex. This yeah, is not distinctively exactly. Skrillex. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not to what I would. It's not my expectation of Skrillex. Let's just say that. Uh, also, the the band I put that in in quotes band Samurai, which is actually refused. Uh, they put out a new song called Never Fade Away. This is going to be featured, I think, the, well, this band Samurai, which is Refuse, I think it's supposed to be on the video game, uh, what was, what's that, the Keanu Reeves video game? Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077? Yeah, it's supposed to be this, they're supposed to essentially do the soundtrack to that video game under the, the name Samurai. So they put a new one out called, uh, called what I said, Never Fade Away. I'm not going to play it. It kind of sounds like kind of mediocre Refused. I don't like it. It's not bad. It's just not that great. Um, another song that came out this week, Angels and Airwaves, uh, which featuring Tom DeLonge, who Jeff and I like truly like a lot. I mean, Angels Tom and DeLonge. Airwaves featuring Tom DeLonge? Well, I mean, he, I mean yeah. the, fan, the, the band is Tom DeLonge, essentially. But, you know, you and I both love Tom, and we love Angels and Airwaves. So I got to play the new song, and it's called Kiss and Tell by Angels and Airwaves. You didn't really care for that song, right? I don't really like it that much, but I, I there's something about it that I think I will get into eventually. Oof, there it is. You're gonna become a true avian. 
But right now, I mean, it's better than for sure, like everything else that we've heard from them on this podcast. I guess like the past, what, two songs that they've released? Yeah, they did Rebel Girl and then this one. This is definitely better than that. But I agree. Um, I agree. And it's still just kind of whatevs. Just doesn't do it for you. But I feel like That's it would because it still has that kind of like pop punk vibe as far as like the drums go and it still goes somewhere. Yeah. It's just more exciting than a lot of what like Blink's putting out and stuff. But anyway, we'll get into the last one real quick and then we'll get into to some final stuff with the uh, with the news, the news and stuff. So uh, Tiger Army, they put out the new record this coming up Friday and uh, they also put their another single up called Last Ride. So I'm going to play it real quick because I'm a huge Tiger Army fan and Jeff's just going to have to deal with it. So here it is. Last Ride by Tiger Army. After all these years, we still go home. Like radio waves, we stay so long gone. You live through the night from a summer past that you can't forget. There it is, New Tiger Army, and the song's called Last Ride. New album coming out this Friday, so get into it, because I'm going to be really into it, and the new album is called Retro Future. I'll probably listen to it, just so we can talk about it on Saturday. Oof, look at you, getting all crazy. I mean, there's probably going to be like a 30-minute album. Yeah, it's probably no more than 40 minutes, I'd say. All the songs they released are like, the last one was like a minute and a half. Yeah, it was, I was surprisingly short. So I think they're kind of like kind of throwing it back to like their old style of music from their first couple of records, but with like using actual vintage gear. So it's going to give it that weird kind of feel, but, but that cool feel, I should say. But I'm excited for it. I, I'm always excited for New Tiger Army. But anyway, mm-hmm. they're a great, great band. Eventually we'll do a Tiger Army record on the pod, but I'll be careful with what album I choose because Jeff is very kind of fussy when it comes to their music. So... You, I'll you do put them on this pedestal that I don't think they could ever actually climb up. I'm not saying like that you're going to love it, but I mean, I think they're a solid band. They've always been a solid band. I mean, nothing I've heard from them has been bad. 
exactly. But nothing has so, really been great for me. But see that that's kind of how you are with music. Like you'll hear something in passing, or like somebody will suggest something, and you'll say, "Oh, that's good." You know, it's not bad; it's good. That's but true. then once you really, but once you really delve into it and kind of read into it and really listen to the songs, you're like, "Wow, that's fucking amazing!" Look at Wu Tang. Just like Wu Tang, baby. Just like Wu Tang. Tiger Wu-Tang Army is better than Wu Tang. Fuck with. Tiger, Tiger Army is better Army than Wu Tang. Oh, oh, baby, exactly. Boy, what are you I just doing said over it. Here? Easy, I just Tiger. said it. Easy. Slow down. Slow your roll. No, I'm never going to slow down. Let's not say things we're going to regret later. Okay. I go. Just I go fast down. all the time. I go Choose hard your words all the time. Carefully. I did. Don't just spew them out like they're. I don't regret vomit. the things I say. You That's should, because you just said something stupid. So you should. But I don't. Some of the words you say. Now, speaking of stupid things, Blink One Eighty Two put out. A music video for their song, Dark Side. So the song itself is meh. It's okay. But the video, and I think you and I and almost everybody in the world will agree, the video is awful. It's uncomfortable to watch. Uncomfortable is the best descriptor. Yeah. Uncomfortable uncomfortable and awful. It's it's horrible. Like, who thought this was a good idea? It's, It's basically just the band playing in like an elementary school gym while the kids yeah. dance. It's creepy. It's, it's creepy. kind of creepy. It is. It like and the video the just hell, shows man. like there's several things going on here. One, it's fucking weird. The song's not very good. I hate the chorus. But mm-hmm. aesthetically I don't know. It's just having like young kids dance around gro- old grown men that are trying to recapture what they had in their youth, I think is weird. It's strange. It's awkward. I wouldn't want my kids to be around people like that. I wouldn't mind during yeah. the video because it's probably making much money, but I wouldn't <laughs> want my kids to be hanging around with somebody like that. And it's, yeah. and then another thing is like Travis Barker is completely checked out. He's so fucking done. And the video just shows him like not giving a shit, even more so than his normal not giving a shit face. Yeah. I think it's just he's so uninspired by the music that the band's making that – he just doesn't give a shit. Like, I mean, at least when Tom was in the band, like the, the music was a little bit different and weird, but like his, his drumming showed that like he had like interesting drum parts and what he was bringing to the band was at least interesting and, and unique and different and fun. But now, now like there's no inspiration for him. I feel like he just kind of, he goes with the flow and there's nothing there. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he doesn't drive the songs. He doesn't put any sort of nuances or uniqueness into it to where it's just like it's it's uninteresting. It's uninspired. And when it comes to this video, I mean, because we're going to get more into that album because we're actually going to we're actually going to do the new Blink album in a few weeks. Um, But this this video in particular, it's one of two things. It's either a, a group of guys as a band who are completely disconnected from reality and think this is cool or it's just straight up creepy and kind of like pedo ish. Yeah, that, that's kind it's, of the vibe I, mean, I got the, too, for sure. Like there, there's nothing in between. Like there really isn't. It's like the the dances they were doing, the kids that were like, I mean, take it for what it is, but that was so like last year or two years ago. Like they're doing the Fortnite yeah, dances, like just, the floss. Like dude, the floss, come on. Like Fortnite's been out for a while now. And if you're gonna do something that's gonna, I guess, capture what like pop culture is, you gotta be at least be like on the same year. That was so last yeah. year, guys. <sighs> that's yeah i mean that's just what i'm saying it's either disconnection from society or straight up kind of like pedo-ish and gross 
it's it, or it's maybe really both. Fucking gross. Who knows? I, I don't. I think know. I think it's all Mark too. Mark and and whoever is going to be directing the video. I don't know who directed the I video. I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. But, but I mean, Skeebs is just in it for the paycheck, and Travis is pretty much the same. So it's, I feel like it's just Mark, dude. He's just besides just being like a straight drug addict or alcoholic, the guy is like rock bottom. Yeah, it's it's That's sad. It. it can't be worse than this. Yeah. But we'll see what the new album comes out. Because <laughs> it could be worse. Yeah, it's true. Okay, but we'll get more into that in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, but that's pretty much it about the Dark Side video. Uh, this last thing here is The Offspring. Uh, you kind of found this. I, I didn't even see it, so you want to take it away on this? I guess just... I, I didn't even know that this was even going on, but apparently um, Greg Kay from The Offspring, one of the, I guess, three original members of the band, is no longer in the band. I guess from what I was reading, from, and not yeah, only from that, what it looks like, but he's like suing the other members for his equal share of the offspring rights. So the other ones it's would be Noodles up. and Dexter. Yeah. So Greg K being the bass player, that's kind of messed up, man. He's been there from the beginning, and like, I mean, you guys have been together for that's thirty plus crazy. or thirty years. You know, it's like you can't resolve any issues. You guys are all grown ass adults. You guys have been through the hardest of. Hardest parts of being a band, a popular band. Yeah. Like, really, you're being little now. assholes. Like, all you guys got to do is just make music and people are going to like it. Exactly. You're an institution now. Get over it. That's exactly what it is. But it's sad that people found out that he was no longer in the band based on like court documents that were filed. Well, that, and, but also from what I was reading, the offspring of the last few offspring shows, he hasn't been there. So, like, Tony, Tony Canal from No Doubt. Has played a few shows and then... Which is super dope on its own. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But uh, I forgot who the other... Ba- there was another bass player too, but I can't remember from what band. Maybe it was has Jeff been, uh, No, it wasn't Jeff Kresge. He's <laughs> playing with with Fear. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember who the other guy was. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's kind of fucked up, dude. Like, you guys are in your mid-40s, maybe 50 years old, and you guys have been together for this amount of time. Like, get over your egos and get over yourselves. I don't know who's at fault, but regardless, get over yourselves. I think they're in, like, a a band. I think, like, they each of them get one-third of the profits. And then with that, That's what it was. They, they divide whatever they want up to touring drummers or anybody else. But, I mean, if he's not in the band and they make a new album, I can't imagine him getting one-third of that profit. Well, I think it's kind of the the same situation that Blink have been like dealing with since Tom left the band. I think he still gets. I'm pretty sure he still gets a portion of what they get touring, just because of the Offspring name. Well, that and and songwriting credits too. Right. Like Tom, Tom, pretty he's pretty much done everything Blink wise, especially the popular era of the band. It's all him, or a portion is him. So he still gets a part of the touring revenue and all that shit. And maybe that's what the Offspring are doing too. Maybe Great K doesn't want to be part of the Offspring, but Noodles and Dexter still do. So they they feel that they're they're owed everything as like you know half and half, fifty fifty. Well, if they're making like, money based off of Americana and Smash and the songs that he helped write, then I mean he deserves part of that profit. Absolutely. If people are I coming out to you. see those or hear those songs, just because you're not playing them doesn't mean that you're not entitled to some part of that profit. Yeah. Maybe not a third of it, but who knows? Maybe yeah, maybe not a third, but something for sure. It's his baby. It is, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So there's a lawsuit, and 
Yeah, it kind of sucks to see like a band who's who's been consistent for that long, or that lineup's been consistent for that long, to see them kind of crumble. It it sucks, you know. And to go down this way, it sucks. We'll see when they're they're all grown. They're all grown ass men. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're not 20 years old. Get over yourselves. Work it out. Work it out amongst yourselves. Don't be a little bitch. Don't be a little bitch. But anyway, that's it for Asinine Radio, episode 162 of the pod. Thank you all for listening, for getting this far into the pod. Uh, Don't forget to go rate, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us uh, on social media at Asinine Radio. Go send us an email, asinineradio at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Did you have any closing words, Jeff? I don't. Should I? You don't. No, I mean, if you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Okay. The way she goes, boys. Is that so thank from you all f- what? Trailer Park Boys? What? That's the way she goes, boys? It's the way she goes, yep. Is that really? Yeah, have you been watching it? No, Nick Nick watches it and he likes it. And then I said, that's the oh. way she goes, boys. They go, oh, you watch Trailer Park Boys? I said, no. <laughs> and that's when I realized it was from Trailer Park Boys. That's yeah, from Trailer Park Boys. I was just being a yeah. poser. Of course you were. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way she goes. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at, but okay. David Jeffy, 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 And like I said before, Jeff gave his logger, the Sun Valley logger or whatever. Fuck, dude, I am all over the place. Whoa. Wu-Tang. Enter the Wu-Tang. 36 Chambers. Like I mentioned above, 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 it was released October 9th, 1993, and it sold well over 3 million copies worldwide.